motion man and fake it to him. A work he sets up. Felton Davis in zone. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome back into Spartan Red Zone. We're back. Episode 9, Season 7. Ryan Collinson, the host here, alongside Alex McRae, Eric Bach, Aiden Hunt, and Joe Dandron. We don't know if he's joining us, but he might be a little bit later. But how are we doing today, boys? I'm doing amazing. I'm uh, I'm having a great day. Great day? Yeah. Wow. It's a good day. Better better mood than you were last Wednesday. Did you figure out a way to get tickets? I did. Oh, I did. That's I, huge. I worked it out. Are you? Were you still in selection one? Were you able to get Duke? I, I was. Lower Bowl Duke, baby. I wow. can't wait. Can't wow. wait. Are, you're in his zone too, right, oh, Bob? Oh, yes. Don't. Did you get Duke? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm i debating. I think that the Duke game might be louder than the Michigan game. Nah. To start. To I'll, start. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. A game everybody forgets was insanely loud. The Notre Dame game two years that ago. That game was insane. That game. Notre Dame was bad. That game they had me shell shocked. They they were third in the country then. They were they turned out to be bad. Yeah, because okay. everyone got hurt. They lost Matt Farrell and Bonzi Colson not too Matt long Farrell. after that. I I literally picked. I'm a huge Mike Bray guy, so I picked Matt Farrell, Bonzi Colson every year. I'm like, hey, they're going to the Final Four. Never did, but hey, Matt Farrell, great college basketball point guard what what year was it that um our fresh my freshman year no 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 that that notre dame lost to duke in like the elite eight or was no, it 16 K- kentucky. Kentucky. kentucky the undefeated with I, carl jeremy Towns. i think that was 2015 and the year michigan was, state lost to was Tennessee yes state. you're right and, no that was 2016 michigan state went to the final four in Fifteen. I, I'm, I'm thinking based on my senior year, which started in fifteen. So I it watched was 16. it. It was it was 2016. 16. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the game. I was watching this game at my, in my sister's dorm room at Fordham University. Oh, in the Bronx, New York. Fordham. And I'm pretty sure that that was the game that there was a a, a re- offensive rebound or no defensive rebound by Notre Dame off of a Kentucky shot, and they gave Kentucky two points. <laughs> I don't remember that. I just remember Jeremy Grant like. Basically diving shot at the end of the game that looked so good and it just went right over I, the rim. I just remember that first like weekend oh. was one of the wildest weekends in NCAA basketball that and, I've ever seen. Well, that was, was at Texas A&M where they came back. And guess what? I didn't watch one bit of it because Michigan State ruined my parade. That was two days after I committed to Michigan State. Yeah, after he committed, he committed. After I committed, see, after commitment. I verbal, I, I signed the papers signed in, in the, the NLI. Or yeah, I, I, I. What is it called if you're not an athlete and you decide to go to a I don't know. I guess it's, it's called committed. you're going to school. I don't. I yeah, just, I guess. I, I don't know. You know you Should just, we make up a term? You just post on Twitter. I'm proud to be continuing my academic career at Michigan State <laughs> University. Proud, no, 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 no. Not proud. Proud to announce. Yeah. You always have to throw in announce and because people feel like like they have to announce it for some wh- reason. Whatever it was, I clicked I accept online, and then no. as of that day, I was a Michigan State student. Boom. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I didn't even watch the Middle Tennessee game. I don't know what I was doing. I yeah. was busy, so I, I'm glad. Yeah, you're it. happy you didn't. It was I, one of the worst things ever. Was but just college football podcast. Let's not let's not get <laughs> bogged down in 2016 NCAA tournament. Yeah, because I, I I can go down that rabbit hole. Horrible depression. Yes, but let's talk about some college football. Is it just me or the noon noon games last week were horrible? 
Oh no, they were, they were no, awful. I understood they had like a couple delays, but I literally turned on my TV and I tried to only watch two games. That's an issue. I could only watch the Michigan game, and I think I could watch the Kansas game, and the Kansas game didn't even start on time. It was preposterous. Did they have weather? Yeah. yeah. There was like three weather delays. I know that it happens every once in a while, but I feel like every, like, I feel like Pitt always plays on ABC on noon, and they got like a decent ACC opponent, opponent and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can tune into this game. There's usually one good Big Ten game and one good ACC game. I didn't get any of that. That Big Ten game stunk. How how do we feel about Fox's big noon Saturday? I having their biggest their perceived biggest game of the day on their a, network at noon every week. It's hate a great it. idea for Fox. I, I think it's stupid. I hate it for the Big Ten. Great move by Fox because why? How is it they're gonna get all the eyes on them? Yeah, what other the game are they are people gonna watch? Yeah, because a- the noon ABC game with Pitt and a, a yeah mid level ACC yeah Pitt in North Carolina yeah you're right maybe I I don't know it's I stupid I, it made sense for T like the TV perspective but that's the Big Ten's fault for selling their soul in the last TV deal then like the fact that they can't I mean, set the schedule yeah that's crazy I I. I remember Michigan State, like, early when we had season tickets, that, like, you knew the night game once the year started. Like, they announced that, like, very far. Like, in, like when Michigan State played Ohio State, I think, in uh, 2014, like, we knew that was at 8 o'clock. Yeah. They didn't fly. They, like, didn't do any of that flex Well, that was kind of unprecedented, too, because that was the first ever, that game that you're referring to was the first ever November ABC primetime Big Ten game. College football, college game day, but whatever. Also, I want to say, anyone who talks bad about Lee Torso, you're on my list. Because if you can't have him at his worst, you shouldn't have had him at his best. Because the guy was absolutely incredible. People forget how good he was on TV. Like, I get he's old. He's still electric. When he still puts on that headgear, it still gives you chills. I found out this week that Lee Torso is 84 years old. Yeah, I know. That is, that blows my mind. It's pretty good for eighty four. Don't That's sharp Lee oh, Corso. Incredible for eighty four. Give me that gator. Yeah, that was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. That yeah. dog is ugly. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> that's are you classic. kidding me? He's had a bunch of classes. It's like it's like the last three or four years. It's been rough, and I understand he said like health issues, but you don't don't give me like oh get him off the. He can leave when he wants to leave. He can leave when he wants to leave. That tribute that they gave to him when he was the Navy like offensive coordinator or whatever yeah. back in the day, that was really cool. When he was like crying and whatnot, that was. I think they got to go to home. they got to go to Indiana for him. They always talked about going to Bloomington. I think it would be cool if they got game day in Bloomington because they, they blew it earlier this year. They could have had it for the Ohio State game. Yeah, probably not. They stink at everything. Just, just make it, just make it Purdue Indiana. Yeah, come on, do the right thing. No, Purdue's dead. I, yeah, Purdue is dead. Purdue is in fact dead. Aiden, I don't. Aiden was at Auburn this week. I was. Did you get a chance to watch the game? Yes, we did. So we were not on campus. Uh, okay. We were in Lake Martin, Alabama, just about yeah. an hour away from campus. We were in, on campus for a brief period of time, but not for the game. And first of all, that game sucked. It was, it was awful. It was I, not I, fun I, to watch. That's why I wanted to bring it up because. I don't know if you guys were able to watch it since you guys were on the road to Columbus. Not at all. Because of the credential misfortune. Yeah, not great. But uh, I will say this. That Florida-Auburn game, I you guys, did you guys have an opportunity to watch a Michigan-Iowa game? We listened to some of it on the radio the first time. It was very it. similar to that where it was very sloppy and whatever. But on, that environment is like, ugh. That's why the SEC is so, like kin. Because like yeah. you hear those roars on those big plays. It's unlike anything ever. It's it's crazy. It gives me like goosebumps. Yeah. Also, Brad Nessler and Greg Danielson, not a good call on Saturday. 
Gary I'm, Danielson didn't Gary, have a good Gary Danielson, excuse what, me. Why you, what makes you say that? There there was a lot of there was there I'm just gonna say, there was a lot of like terrible takes. It's like mm. it's like Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football this week on like first down. Hey, you know they might go for it on fourth down at my Chris. I get that like Frank Wright likes to go for it on fourth down. I need I don't need to hear it every down. It was a lot of that. But... And he had a false start on the slide this week. Chris yeah. Collinsworth was not on his game. He he rarely is on his game, but he was really off. I love week. Collinsworth. My, I'm a big Collinsworth I, hater. Why? I'm, I'm a I big Collinsworth, Collinsworth fan. And I, awesome. re- I really like it when um, the, one of my favorite moments was a couple weeks ago, Cowboys Saints, when the replay was in slow oh, motion. Awesome. They were trying to count. Collinsworth was attempting to count the time that should have run off the clock while the replay was in slow motion. So he's like, one. Two. It was incredible. It was it was funny. Anywho, the the yeah, game sorry, was, was hard. To, no, you're good. The game was kind of hard to watch. Uh, it was funny for me and two of my friends because we do not have any affiliation with Auburn. Yeah, at all. but we were with four of our friends who are like huge Auburn yeah. fans because they go to Auburn, and one of whom knows Bo Nix. Like very he played well, horrible, and he played a stinker of a game. Not Bo, good, Bo Nix. He was... made a lot of mistakes in the red zone. That pick he threw at the end of the game was. Absolutely crucial. And watch Can't one do that. second of that game. My, yeah, not good. My mistake for trusting a freshman quarterback on the pick. I'm honestly like, my I mean, bad. I admit no. it. I mean, it looked like a good pick until Kyle, like when Kyle Trash looked like he like snapped his ankle in half and then he came back to play. It was like it was absolutely incredible. McCray, I don't blame you considering Felipe Franks when he went down. I thought Florida's season was in the in the. Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen, great coach. I mean, you you hear a story about Kyle Trask, a guy who hadn't started a game since uh, his JV freshman year of high school. Yeah, that's crazy. And you're like, no, there's no way this guy can compete. And then their third string quarterback, Emory Jones. Emory Jones was. I was really he was he was better than Kyle Trask. I will say this: he was way better. I don't know why Dan Mullen wasn't playing him in the second half, but he was like smooth. He was like five, he, five of seven, 28 yards. He was good. Like his numbers don't even like say how like calm and collective he was for a third string quarterback. Because Trash basically like it looked like he snapped his ankle and it was like very emotional. Came out just like led the team right down. So I don't know. I was impressed by that. Thing I wasn't impressed by. I just realized Washington doesn't have Nike uniforms anymore. They're horrible. You know what? I noticed that, too. I didn't notice it was yeah. Adidas. I thought they just redesigned their uniforms, and I thought they were the worst uniforms I'd ever seen. They, those suck. Yeah, it's not, even that terrible. it's not even that they're bad, but when you have such good uniforms like Washington has had the last like five years with Nike, why go away from that? Ugh. Like you, like I feel like going to Adidas is like a death wish. There's like only like Miami. A few teams that look good in them. I think Miami looks good in them because they went back to the, like the throwback look. But other than that, like Louisville, maybe. Here's some trivia for you. Oh, you just ruined my trivia. Oh, what was it? I was gonna ask who the number one Adidas revenue school in the country is. Louisville you is? just said it. Louisville. Yeah. Texas A and M's probably gotta be too. I think they might be. Yeah. This is know. the biggest issue that me as a a European soccer fan has is that. Uh, well, they don't call them jerseys; they call them kits. I like over that. there across and, the pond. Yeah, uh, they but kits change every single season. I know. So there's a, like when there's a good one, you're like, oh, this is great, and the next year it's totally different. That does. But stink. also, there's a lot of competition between uh, Nike, Adidas, uh, Puma. Puma, and now even Reebok is yeah. kind of get or, or New Balance or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, my favorite team, Liverpool, they have New Balance, and they're trying to get out of that deal to go with Nike, I know. and which makes a lot of sense. And apparently, uh, New Balance is like suing them to yeah. stay their kit sponsor. Yeah, I I'm not trying to sound like a Nike ad, but I think all bad things happen once you leave Nike as a like as a school. So when Michigan State goes to Adidas, watch out. What about, what about Under Armour? Under Armour? Yeah. 
Notre Dame <laughs> looks pretty good with the Under Armour. No, they do no. look good. No, no. you don't no. like Under Armour. No, 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 no. Every Ooh. Under Armour jersey I have seen sucks. UCLA sucks. Wisconsin no. Oh. sucks. No. Notre Dame sucks. No. Boston College, I'm pretty sure they're Under Armour. Sucks. How can you say Notre Dame sucks? That's it's the same. It's been for a hundred years. It was awesome under Adidas. They had they had awesome jerseys with Adidas. I hate I hate Under Armour's football jerseys. The they only, suck. The only difference I, I think is the, is the number font. That might be it. Yeah. It's a little bit smaller than it used to be. Also, I, yeah. it's UCLA, too noticeable. UCLA's color scheme low-key might be my favorite. Oh, UCLA's I, jerseys are fantastic, so I don't know what you're McCray. saying. Get out of here. That's a bad take. It's, yeah. The only take, like, you looked at the Under Armour schools, I could get why you don't like Wisconsin with the new numbers. I get that. Northwestern's kind of stink. Other than that, I, I Boston colleges do aren't bad. So maybe, maybe I'm heading your way, McCray. But uh, let's not talk about Under Armour football. Let's talk about Nike football schools meeting up in Columbus, Ohio. Eric Bach and Alex McCray were there. How was it? It Just was give me like atmosphere feel before we get into the game. You know, I'll, it it was a once in a lifetime experience. Really, I it agree. was it was special. We were able to get on the field after the game before also, and it was jumping awe inspiring. Like I couldn't I couldn't really yeah. imagine myself ever being on that field, especially yeah. standing on the O, looking yeah. up at looking up at all the national championships and the Heisman winners and whatnot. So special. I Yeah, I can't imagine. And McCray and I also got to share the elevator on the way up to the booth with Fowler and Herb Street. Did you say anything? Oh, yeah. We talked. I would yeah. be, I, I would like trap my pants. I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not very good with that. I, like, I mean, that's like a big thing in journalism. They're like, go and like introduce yourself to people. They're very I'm not nice. With that. Yeah. yeah. They say, don't meet your heroes, but it was good. Yeah. I need word for word what that interaction was like. You need word for word. Yep. How you doing, Herbie? So I was, ne- McCray. Did you call him Herbie? No. I would have. McCray, so the elevator got held up yeah. because we were waiting for Herbie. So yeah. McCray and I kind of like sneakily followed Fowler off the field because we needed to go up to the booth yeah. anyway. So we were going at the same time because Herb Street and Fowler were on the field talking with D'Antonio. Yeah. And then they went, they were heading back up to their booth. And so we, we had to go at the same time. So the way you get to the booth is we had to go through the crowd and into the concourse. And so we, we had... It was the four of us, me, McCray, Fowler, and Fowler's security guard. Four legends. Yeah. <laughs> so so we get in the elevator, and then all the then we're waiting in the elevator because they're waiting for Herb Street. So then they we he gets there eventually. There's another security guard with him. He's like shaking hands and kissing babies in the concourse what is it, what of is Ohio, Ohio State. State fans and do to Kirk Herb Street. Don't they love him? Like why does he need no, like, well, security? No, well he needs guards? security everywhere he goes. But it's, it's Kirk Herb. So we're, he's like the president of college football, right? He really is. So we're, I'd vote torso. for him. torso, but okay. So I'd vote for Herbie. Yeah, I'm torso guy. Whatever. So do you want to describe the conversation? Well, you know, I didn't really talk to Herb Street at all. Uh, Bach just <laughs> hit him in passing. Just said, "Hey, we're Michigan State Student Radio." He was he was ecstatic. Yeah, he was like, "You guys are awesome." Have a great call. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, you know, I I do regret one thing. I wish I would have brought up uh, a guy I interned with this year. He said he he worked with Herb Street back when he worked at Ohio State. I wish yeah. I would have brought his name up. Maybe would have would have had a longer conversation. Yeah. Uh, but Fowler was a really nice guy. We brought up. Uh, we brought up Mr. Ellis for oh, a moment. We had to do it. Yeah. Just because it didn't wouldn't seem like. Yeah. We were like 
some weird people. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows who Chris Fowler is, yes, of course. Yeah. Everybody knows who Joey Ellis is, too. Basically. I would have loved if you had said, oh, Joey Ellis, and he'd be like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, so that Chris awesome. made a nice little sarcastic comment about Joey. He's like, yeah, I don't know why anyone would want to be an ESPN PA. <laughs> I mean, he was like joking around, but it was yeah, it was yeah. good. They were, they're, they're really nice. Yeah. They do a great job, of good, course. Good-humored guys. Yeah. Yeah. They got the call for Ohio State as they handled Michigan State in the shoe in a blackout. Justin Fields throws 17 for 26, 206 yards, two TDs, one INT. J.K. Dobbins, an absolute monster, 24 carries, 172 yards, one TD. Michigan State's offense, I mean, their numbers aren't spe- special. I'm about to name them off right now, but they weren't that bad. MSU quarterback Brian Lewerke, 20 for 38, 218 yards, one TD, and a throwaway pick at the end of the game, basically. Elijah Collins, another nice day for what he was like given, 12 carries for 63 yards. And MSU allowed the most rushing yards in the Mark D'Antonio era, giving up 323 yards on the ground. Probably due to the one of the worst tackling games I've ever seen by a Michigan State secondary. It was so frustrating. I mean, yeah. there's two veteran guys, two highly touted players on this defense that just had mental errors trying to punch a ball out when they yeah. really should have just gotten the guy down to the ground. One on Josiah Scott on Dobbins' long run, and then the other one on Joe Bocci on Bocci did a couple times. Yeah, I believe on I forget the tight on end's name. Scott. Well, on uh, oh, you're talking about the the touchdown. Yes. Pass. Yeah. For Luke Farrell. Yeah. Bocci missed. Bocci said after the game that he missed the his assignment on Dobbins' touchdown too. He said he filled the wrong gap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I you gotta have perfect safety play when you play like teams like this and their safeties like had a couple missteps like on that Dobbins touchdown it's Xavier Henderson comes down he was nowhere to be found yeah. the whole game yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't go there David Dowell is a lot worse than him you, you know I was gonna say that same thing David Dowell has been a pedestrian he's been a ghost I haven't yeah. seen him on the field I, and, and since the Michigan game two years ago yeah. I, I don't think I've seen him on the field I I'm I didn't want you to hold on just a little bit because I want to get some main takeaways from this game. I, I, I want to go out and say, because I know you guys had the opportunity after you guys called the game to give your two cents and stuff, but I, I want to say that I don't think this game is as disheartening as it really is or, like, what people are saying it is. Right. Like, people act like this is the death of Michigan State football. The reason this feels so, like, horrible yeah. is because they lost to Arizona State. Yep. And you basically... All these high hopes you had coming in the year that maybe you could win the Big Ten. Maybe you could go 11-1 and and make some noise. But I get that's kind of shot now. But if you really judge it just on the game you saw on Saturday, MSU wasn't that far off. Right. They were, were, first of all, two turnovers on their first two possessions. Now, I know it only turned into three points for Ohio State, but if you don't turn the ball over there, you know, who knows what happens. And and also, Michigan State. I said this when I called into the the Green and White Report on Sunday with you, Ryan and Julian, is that um, Michigan State's offense is in like the fringe red zone. I don't know if you call it the fringe, what whatever area of the field you call it, just inside the opponent's fifty yard line yeah, is between terrible. like the forty five and twenty They're yard line. Terrible. Yep. They, they get there, they get out of their own, they get two or three first downs to get to that area in the field, and then they just, 90% of the time in that area of the field, they stall out. I, I, I want to say this, as we were talking about those two turnovers, I don't know if you guys had a good angle. 
I did not know why the Cody White thing was not reviewed. Yeah, I watched it on TV today, and I was, I'm not sure it wasn't a fumble. I just think it should have been reviewed. Yeah, they, I I don't know if they overturned it. It was a little weird they didn't do that. Yeah, I I think there wasn't anything indisputable to say that he didn't have possession and then moved and then yeah. lost the ball because the guy I was sitting next to, he was a next gen stats guy. He says, I mean, he he took like five steps with the ball. Yeah, it, it, that has to constitute some kind of possession, right? Mm-hmm. So, I I I mean, I think it was a fumble. Yeah, I'm not gonna go out here and say, oh. That wasn't a fumble. Michigan State should have kept that ball, but you, you got to execute better oh, if definitely. you're Cody White. You can't you can't put the ball on the ground against Ohio State. You yeah. can't do that. Execution is why they lost this game because they played well enough in certain aspects that they should have had an opportunity at the end of this game. They didn't. I think fans and critics alike who didn't watch this game will see. Oh, it's Michigan State defense. They're known for being you know show stoppers. What's this front front seven doing? Giving up 323 yards on the ground like. Look at the first the first quarter. Michigan State gave up 16 yards yeah. on 16 plays to Ohio State, who's this offensive juggernaut this year. And you know, two fumbles or two turnovers, whatever it was, in the yeah. fr- on the first two drives. Like, how much can this defense do or not do for this team, and still like get somewhat of the blame from whoever is gonna you know give it to them? Well, I agree with you. The offense needed to put some better drives together to keep this defense as fresh as possible because that's that's one of the biggest things that this offense just needs to learn how to do, and they can win games that are 17 to 14 or whatever, low-scoring games. If they can just put some five, six, seven-minute drives together, then they'll be able to keep their defense fresh and on the field for longer. But at the same time, you have to give some credit to Ryan Day and his coaching adjustments because 296 yards in the second quarter, that's insane. Yeah, that's, unbelievable. that's almost unprecedented. Yeah. So you have to give Ohio State some credit there. I don't care how, how good Michigan State's defense is or how bad they were. That's a very impressive job by the Ohio State coach. I totally staff. agree. I don't want to take anything away from Ryan Day or Ohio State. They played a great game. The I mean, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins are All-American type players. Yep. It's a playoff most, team. Most 100, certainly. 100%. They have the highest uh, percentage of making the playoff this year. Their right schedule's now. a joke It's a college football playoff team. Their schedule's super easy this year. I don't know how it, like, I know they play Wisconsin at the shoe, but it's like. Well, don't they play and, at, uh, at Penn State, too? No. No? They played at Penn State last year when the Trace McSorley Oh, Wrong. Yeah, yeah. They, so they just their, their last road trip is Ann Arbor. So McCray, you make a good point though that the offense has to do something to keep the defense off the field for a little bit. And a perfect example of that is last year's Michigan game, where the defense was on the field for forty minutes, yeah, and insane. they were still in that game. Yep. But the offense couldn't do absolutely anything, and yet they were still in that game, even though the defense was playing two thirds of of the minutes of the entire game. Yeah, I. The second, like you said, those second quarter adjustments are really good. I think they figured out that Michigan State does not have a second cornerback right now. Yeah. I, I we talked about I. There's something going on with Josh He's, Butler. Yeah, they he the travels Antonio's, with the team. But Antonio he, said it was an injury. Injury. That I figured it was that, but Kalon Durvin looked like a young player that he is. They eventually threw out Dominique Lawn in that, yeah. uh, which I didn't hate. He's an athletic player. Any way to get him on the field, I wouldn't hate. He's a big dude. D- do I remember seeing Trey Person? At, Trey Person was out there a couple but times. I think he kind of fills in as a nickel. Yeah, he's more of a safety type. Yeah, but I he I mean he did play cornerback a lot last year, so maybe he gets thrown into the mitts this week. He, he's but they, listed on the two D or on the depth chart as a safety, but 
now yeah. this year. But last year, you're right, he did play some yeah. corner. So it, this week will be interesting at that position. I do think this front four after the first quarter was just not good yeah. on the defensive end, and I, I understand that. because They were gas. Yeah, absolutely gas. So you, like you said, you got to sustain drives. I mean, I think that was the worst game Raekwon Williams has probably played. Yep. He was not very effective. Ponishoot was good. Might Ponishoot. Kenny Willekes was pretty absent, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, well, they kind of take away the D end, like the way they run their offense. But other than that, I I just think sometimes people are too negative. And I, I, I'm a very negative person. I was going to say, I, hot I, meat kettle. No, seriously. But, like, I understand that, hey, if Michigan State goes 9-3, and three, that's a disappointment. And in my mind, that would be a disappointment. But if you're looking at the way they played in Ohio Stadium last weekend, I don't get why I'm seeing articles like, oh, the death of this program, how they can't compete, like, with this great recruiting class, they're not getting anything out. It's, if you watch that game, they had opportunities. Yeah. Like, they played their B-minus game, and for a majority of that, if they don't let that second quarter get away from them, that game's probably close. I mean, I agree with you, but at the same time, you also have to look at how they've competed recently no, against, you're right. against against top-level opponents. You're they right. have not been good. They've nope. scored one touchdown in the last 12 quarters against Ohio State. Yes. That's pitiful. I, I agree, but people giving the blame to this offense, I thought the offensive play calling was very good. I think they had a couple little bumps for the two Cody White like end arounds yeah. that they did like in a row back to back. One of them worked and then they tried it again. That was stupid. And then of course the second down wildcat with Elijah Collins and then Ladarius Jefferson to his right. Darius Jefferson, like all Mr. Michigan high school quarterback, not even getting the wildcat snap in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Michigan but. state also leads the nation in dropped passes. I was about to say that with 23. It started out. We, looking, we've been saying that for weeks. Yeah, but it started out looking like Daryl Stewart. Like, wow, he's gonna have a statement game. Like, made some like noise for NFL stouts against yeah, a no, very he, talented Ohio State team. In the first quarter, he was tearing it up. Yep, and he had three drops, I think, and a very crucial one at the end of that second down. That second quarter one, he dropped yeah. two in a row, I think. Right? It was yeah. easy, right to him too. The one, he just let it get through. The him. one that it was gonna get, pick up that first down on the third down in the second quarter. I think that was when the game was over. C.J. Hayes's drop early in the in the first quarter too on third yeah. down at the sideline. It wasn't an easy catch, but it hit him right in the hands. Yes, I, I think the game ended when Michigan State didn't score in their first two possessions of the third quarter. Yeah, yeah I think that's when I the game officially ended. I mean, yeah. They go all the way down on that first drive, and they miss a 27-yard field goal. And I know people are getting on Todd and like, hey, you got to make that 27-yard field goal. I understand that. At the same time, if you looked, if he probably kicked it in the correct direction, Chase Young was going to block it. So they got to figure out that whole field goal unit. Well, not only that, you you can't kick field goals against Ohio State. Nope, you, you have can't. to score touchdowns. You can't. You got to you got to cash in when Cody White's wide open. On like, you got to cash in, and they didn't. They didn't execute enough to be win at Ohio State. That's just matter of fact. And the defense only gave up one touchdown, one score in the entire second half. It was that second quarter. Was, they kind of sat the on the ball, though. They they were like, eh, we're not going to. Like, after he threw that interception in the third quarter to Josiah Stout, I thought Ryan Day said, okay, we have Fields, this game in the back. Fields got away with a couple others, too. Yes. like Fields I, looks good, though. He, oh, no, he's very good. But I his line could have been a lot worse than it was. It's yep. another... That's just, I think, the whole theme. We talked about this in the O after the game, McCray, about how it was just a game of missed opportunities yep. on both sides of the ball for Michigan State. And if they want to, 
you know, win out. They want to win, first of all, this Saturday against a really good Wisconsin team on the road. You know, it's, I mean, it's not ideal to play back-to-back road games against top 10 teams, but, you know, um, Michigan State just needs to be more opportunistic and more fundamentally sound. Yeah, and I, I can't agree more with that, but at the same time, you just have to, the, the margin of error for this team is so thin. Yeah. You can't afford to turn the ball over. Nope. You can't afford to miss interceptions, and you sure as can't afford to miss field goals. Nope. You're and, right. And it's it's just a shame because the game, I felt, was closer than the score indicated. Yes. But there were also times at the game where I felt like Ohio State should be up 50 points. You're right. They're, it, was, they're, yeah. it was a very weird game yeah. because yeah. I, I wanted to try to articulate it with the Ohio State guys during the halftime uh, show that we did. Yeah. But I couldn't really find the right words to get it out there. I'm not where sure it, there are right, correct words. Because it was like, I feel like Michigan State should be closer, but they've also played really bad, so I feel yeah. like they should be down more. It was a bizarre game. And really kind of what I expected. Yeah. To put a close to this game, I mean, Ladarius Jefferson, big-time recruit out of Muskegon, actually showed promise last year, is now in the transfer portal. That's the second running back in the last couple weeks. Very weird timing. He sent a very nice note. He was very gracious for the opportunity. He thanked Michigan State fans. He didn't try and burn any bridges. But very weird move. I, I... I don't want to equate this to a three and nine year or something, but like when you see a guy transfer like this, because I don't think he, I think he loses a year of eligibility. He already has played in five games, I believe so. So he, it's not like Connor Hayward, who's only played four games. So he goes to transfer portal and now your running back depth is not good. Not good at all. No. Like you look at it, you got Elijah Collins. You're one injury away from being in big trouble. Anthony Williams. Anthony and, Aunt Williams, and then you got another freshman. Uh, no, don't we have um, uh, Weston Bridges? But he's transfer, suspended. A transfer from someone. I um, do not believe. What's so. his name that scored the touchdown? Alante. Uh, yeah, Alante Brown. Thomas. Thomas. Alante yep. Thomas. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Thomas. I think he was a walk on. He's he, just a really he fast. He's a walk on. Very yeah. fast guy. I think they'll probably utilize him. They, yeah, that's that's a concern now. It really is, and it makes you think if this maybe this team's like kind of given. I think this weekend will be a good test, but that's something to keep an eye on because Ladarius Jefferson gets playing time here. Like he's Mission State's like third down bat necessarily. He gets playing time, but does he get carries? I yes, that's true. He didn't get a lot of carries. I understand that, but if you know Michigan State, like he's eventually gonna get that. Like you look at Gerald Holmes. He didn't start getting major carries till the end of his junior year. That was before the transfer portal, though. Yeah, yeah I know. I was You're right. Say, it's a it's a different it's a brave new world we're entering in college football. Yeah, not something that wasn't brave and new world was the Iowa Michigan Sheesh. game. What a stinker! I mean, stinker! Abso- absolutely horrible game. That game stunk. It did. I mean, I'll <laughs> say this: that that was horrible quarterback play just from the beginning. That's why that game stunk. Uh, and Nate, people are like, yeah, have the audacity to say Nate Stanley's gonna play on Sundays. I've never been a Nate Stanley guy. I, we, said I've, I we said this I've, last week. We said this last week. I've always thought he was very overrated, a product of his weapons, a product of his offensive line. I, I've never been a Nate Stanley fan. I stand corrected about Nate Stanley. Not good. 
Because I was on his bandwagon there for a little bit, but yeah. boy, was I wrong. I will say this, though. I was offensive coordinator, don't know his name. He does not do him any favors. Phil Parker. They literally play in a 12-yard box. Like, you can't you can't do that in today's college football. Like, you just can't do that. It's not 1982 anymore. But Michigan's defense stepped up. They played really well. I, I don't think the hype train's fully there because I still think Michigan, actual Michigan fans are skeptical that they this are. team is not able to put points against anyone with, a, like, a heartbeat. I've never seen the Michigan fan base this tame. They're being regu- They're being rational. Now, more I believe, rational than Michigan State's fans right now. Oh, who for sure. Who yeah. would have thought? I know. For sure, yeah. You always thought that they were the loons yeah. down there in Ann Arbor, There's but a lot, now yeah. the roles have been reversed, at least for now. Yeah, a lot of crazy people in East Lansing, but whatever. Nebraska loses Adrian Martinez at the end of the game, but still holds on, squeaks out a victory, 13-10. to 10. My brother, shout out Kyle Collins, Text me in the middle of the game. He goes, he's like, Staff Ross doesn't win this game. Watch out for his job. I'm like, are you a complete <laughs> moron? I, I literally go, I'm like, dude, are you? Uh, how many beers did you have? I was so confused. I was like, it's year two. Settle down. But uh, I don't, I don't care who you are. Even if you're his brother, you can't say that to Ryan Collins. What? No. You, you no, can't it challenge was, Scott Frost. Never. It's not even that. It was just like, I don't think it's like in, like. I don't even think it would be reasonable. They love time. him still. Yeah, I was just there. It's they early. love him. It's early. And then uh, Minnesota, shout out to Minnesota. Did I tweeted this. Have you guys seen this? Minnesota's got uh, like 50 captains on their team. That's the I most didn't see PJ it, but I saw your thing. tweet. It was insane. Um, Do you have any word on that? I have a word uh, that you, for the third time this year, misspelled Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. 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 If I don't see a red line, if I don't see that red line, I'm not going to fix it. He also made Struggled with Martinez as well. He did, but I, I gave him a pass on that one. <laughs> Whatever. But I, I feel like ever since TCF Bank opened, they have not had one good weather game in the Big Ten once. Do you mean like, the stadium or the bank? No, the stadium. <laughs> like, I don't – have you ever remembered a Michigan – I mean, a Minnesota game, excuse me. Yeah. You're like, wow, good weather. Like, the I do. first game of the year? Remember, remember when Michigan State played there in, like – Halloween. First year. Was it was it Halloween and Keyshawn Martin ran yes. the opening kickoff back? It was perfect weather that night. I do remember that. I was in fifth grade. Oh, we were. Is that how young we were? Yep, fifth grade Halloween. Man. No Steel way. Track. That stadium was open when you were in the fifth grade. Yes. Goodness that, gracious! I didn't think it was that old. No, yeah. I think I, the last team that was well, in uh, still a very new stadium. How long has the Metrodome been gone though? It's been a long time. Yeah. Because the Vikings played there for how many years? But while U.S. Have, Bank was getting built. Well, didn't it? Well, it closed when the roof collapsed, and then the Vikings played at TCF. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that that I bet you that was like 2013. The Metrodome, though, I don't know. Where's, it, our, after, where's our research department? Yeah. After yeah, but the Metrodome. I, got, I think I the last it. team in the Metrodome was the Lawrence Maroney. Marion Barber, like Minnesota Golden Gophers, with Glenn Metro- Mason. Wait, oh, definitely uh, not November of 1981. Yeah, no, they're right. Uh, it opened in 2009, yeah. which yeah. would have been 10 years ago. Wow. Because so, yeah. th- wow. it, it happened in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. no, and it didn't happen in the because playoffs. Because 2009 was, for the Vikings was the year that Favre was the quarterback. Yeah, and he they threw died the on pick. the field. He, he died the, on the field. Threw the pick to Darren Sharper in the that, NFC Championship game. But that was in that was in the dome. That was in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. But... He literally, do you guys, I don't know if you remember that Monday night, that Monday night game where Brett Favre almost died on the field when he got that concussion, yes. knocked out cold. Yeah. But I, that, that was my point. Minnesota looked pretty good. Illinois lost Brandon Peters in the process. Illinois' backup quarterback was not horrible. They had a lot of drops. It was just a super sloppy game. 
But Minnesota did what they had to do. Penn State did what they had to do against a dead Purdue team. <laughs> dead Purdue. Did you guys see Purdue's unis? Their space unis? Was was it, I saw the helmets. We're, we're talking were about Were they casket-themed or what? I, they should be, but... <laughs> I mean, it's all white, and they got, like, the moon, like, kind of graving on the P. It's pretty solid. So, Collins, quickly recap for us why you think Purdue's a dead team for the viewers that weren't around last They're week. They're dead because Rondell Moore's hurt, Elijah Sindelar's hurt, Marcus Bailey's hurt. Those are probably arguably their three best players. So they're dead. Dead. They're starting quarterback, their best offensive weapon, and their defensive leader. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then uh, Maryland just dropped a nuke on Rutgers in the second <laughs> half. It was like one of those games. You're like, oh, is Maryland like that bad? No. And then you tr- you Rutgers like is. you just like turn the page and you're like, oh, I watched Michigan for like ten minutes and I like flip the channel. Oh, they're up fifty basically. <laughs> so I mean, Rutgers not good. I think Shiano's gonna get that job. I truly believe that. Am I the only one who thinks that? Urban Meyer to Rutgers. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be dude. He would dominate. They got great recruits in like New Jersey. And if Urban Meyer's there, they're going to get recruits from yeah, all yeah. over. I don't know. That'd be cool. Urban Meyer's going to be the next coach at Notre Dame when Brian Kelly goes to Michigan after Jim Harbaugh leaves. We, we oh. talked about this already. We're not going to get into your hypothesis. If that, Brian that, Kelly. Those are some crazy dominoes. Right? There's zero now, chance Brian Kelly's going to Michigan. I have now zero. put it on the record, so when it happens, we're going to come back to this episode, and all of you owe me $100 if that happens. Fine. Yeah, I put, on the, I put on the record that Jordan Love's going to be the first quarterback taken in next year's draft, and look how that's going to turn out. Not yeah, great. The, not the, great. Not a good showing for the Aggies and Death Valley this week. Yeah. Speaking Aggies of, of the death. Speaking of mobile quarterbacks, let's get into our SRC Offensive Player of the Week. This week's SRZ Dan Persa Offensive Player of the Week for me is Freddie Swan for uh, Florida wide receiver. First play of the game, House is one. That place was electric. He was really good the whole game. He really helped out Kyle Trask, but I, I mean, when you get see like a receiver catch a ball and you're like, oh, he's gone, it's something exhilarating. That's why Odell Beckham is so special. Like when he catches a slant and goes 80 yards, that's like, ooh. That's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's the same. I wish everyone would have been able yeah, to see what that, Collins but, just did. Sorry. I, I get chills and goosebumps, but I, I Freddie Swan was my guy. So I also had Freddie Swain as my Did you? Is it Swain or Swan? It's Swain. Swain. Same and thing. he had six receptions for 146 yards. That's He's averaging, you know, more than 20 yeah. yards a reception. Yeah. That's and that absurd. game was ugly, too. So yeah. for him to have that many yards was pretty impressive. You know, I got to preface this here. Oh, boy. But Kyle Trask is my offensive player okay. of the week purely because of the story. He went in, threw for 234 yards and two touchdowns against a pretty elite, I believe, Auburn defense, at least elite yes. defensive line, and looked pretty good while doing it. Yeah. I I mean, he's had to hold on to the football. He fumbled a couple times, like in its like excusably, you got to feel that pressure. But other than that, yeah, I I I am very surprised that like he's not horrible. But I actually think Emory Jones is like just way better than him. So I'm, I I think eventually that move will be made. I'm just saying, Kyle Trask, the situation he's definitely a locker room where guy. yeah, the situation where he's come in, he's like he's like Florida's Tony Romo when when Drew Bledsoe went down. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. Wouldn't go that far. Who do you got, Bach? I have Jet Duffy. What a name. From the quarterback of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Was a fan of his back in the day when I was watching that Elite 11 show. Oh, okay. That's with Trent Dilfer? Yeah. Okay. Trent Dilfer was on the Jet Duffy hype train back then. He got recruited by Cliff Kingsbury to play at Texas Tech. Now he still is there. Uh, What is he, like a six-year senior? No, he's... uh, 
He's uh, Do a junior. Yeah. He's a fourth-year junior, redshirt okay. junior. That um, he was Mr. Football in Texas in 2015, and uh, he is vertically challenged for a quarterback. He's might be 6'1", generously, but he threw for 424 yards and four touchdowns. Big this, win. Big win this week for the Red for Raiders. Yep. Over Oklahoma State, yes. with, who I was very big, high on. Big win. Very high. Because they have Chubba Hubbard. That's yeah. why you're high on them. No, I, I really like their quarterback. His name's escaping me right now. Oh, my God. Listen, I'll look it up, but he, I like him. He's a freshman. Okay. I think Oklahoma State's going to be a problem the next couple of years. The Big 12 after Oklahoma and Texas, I'd say, is the, the clear number two in that league. But the rest of that league is so – It's is pretty balanced. Very I actually, balanced. Yeah. They have some good – like Baylor – Yep. That's a team I wouldn't Matt want to Rule. play. What a coach he yeah, is. Yeah, he's in get swapped up. Yeah. No one wants to stay in Waco, Texas. Nope. No offense, Waco, Texas. Sorry, I've been there. What, do you, Fitz Ruppers in Waco, Texas. It is. It is. Big, big yeah. Chip and Joanna fan. But I have a, a friend who goes to it's Baylor, fake. and she says that most weekends she's either in Dallas or I think Austin. There's not a lot Nobody to do Nobody hangs in Waco. out in Waco. Not a lot to do there. Really cool field, though. Really cool field. It's like on the water. Let's move on to the SRZ. Sean Crable, Defensive Player of the Week. Shout out to like those two thousand like five six Michigan teams. I looked at that roster the other day. That's why he's this week's defensive player of the week trophy guy. Yeah, they were. I don't know how they didn't win a national title. They had like fifteen guys that were like pretty like high level NFL players. I'll tell you why. What? They lost to Appalachian State. Yeah, but they also lost Ohio State the year like before. Right? Was that the year before they lost in that big game? Wait. Michigan lost to Ohio State. Yeah, yeah no way. Whoa. 2006, Troy Smith, yes, because yeah. Appalachian was in 07. No, but like you looked at that ro- I was looking at the roster. It was like Chad Henney, pro. Steve Bresson, pro. Mario Manningham, pro. Sean Crable, pro. Stevie Brown, pro. Sultan Mesto, pro. Adrian Arrington. Lamar Woodley, pro. Leon Hall, pro. I think uh, Jake Al- Long. Jake Long, first pick in the draft. Might have been the best player on that team. Alan Branch, pro. Mike Hart. Mike Hart was a mon- one of the best college like football players I ever saw. Hate that guy, but he was awesome. Steve Breston. I just said Steve Breston. Oh, sorry, I am. Great slot receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs for about a couple of years. But, hey, cool name, Steve Breston. But uh, for my uh, defensive player of the week, I go with Derek Brown, the Auburn DT. Absolutely ate the turf monster at, like, the 30-yard <laughs> line on a Kyle Trask fumble. And he's a big dude. He was moving. <laughs> Like, people want to, like, sharp him. I'm like, that guy's, like, at least 320, and he's, like, probably moving, I think, under four speed, like, under five speed, like, 40. And I was like, wow, he might, he's in a house at himself, and then he ate the turf monster. But he, shout out Derek Brown. He was a the beast. The field in Gainesville is a, is a problem. Is it? I don't know. I don't think it, it's not like Soldier Field. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, Derek Brown. Brown? Uh, Bears. The Bears. Brown could be an early first round pick. He's Just, going to, he's oh, nasty. He's very good. Uh, only silver lining I saw, not only, but one of the best uh, performances in the Michigan State game. Alluded to earlier, Mike Panashuk had a really good game. Yeah, he's pretty good. Seven tackles, three and a half for a loss and a sack. I mean, he was a monster earlier in that game. Like, yeah, I think he had a sack that got called back because he face masked him or something, but he, he was really good early on in that game. So my uh, SRZ Sean Crable Defensive Player of the Week is... Deshaun Jameson. I don't know if you guys are watching the oh, Texas game. Man. That interception, falling backwards, sweet, one-handed, insane, Did insane. Not see that. Best play of the week for okay. sure. My uh, Sean Crable SRZ defensive player of the week. I appreciate you saying. Yeah, I of appreciate course. you guys saying that. Yeah, it means um, a lot to me. Not necessarily for what he did this past week, but for what I think he's going to do this upcoming week is 
Oluwale Batiku Jr. What a name. Defensive end for the Illinois Fighting Illini. Jr. from Lagos, Nigeria. That's cool. Has seven sacks. Wow. Is second in the Big Ten to Chase Young. And I think he is going to feast against this U of M offensive line this okay. Saturday in the, the Brandon Peters revenge game. I don't think is, he plays, though. Well, we'll see. As it, the Wolverines... It's in, it's in flux, as the Illinois beat writers are saying. So okay. The Wolverines travel down to mighty Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Champaign's actually got... They gotta have a cool stadium, like the way like the end zone is, but they're just so bad. So it's just like... It's like Illinois... I mean, Indiana, cool, Indiana too. They have a cool stadium. Like yeah. a really cool stadium. But uh, All right. moving on to the SRZ Joey Ellis Powerhouse Memorial Frame of the Week, everyone's favorite award. I go with DeAndre Swift's dad. I don't know if you guys are watching the Tennessee-Georgia game. They pop up a screen, like a quick screen grab of him. Guy's abs- just an absolute house. He like has those shoulders. They're like, I don't know how that's possible. They're just like over his head. Yeah. They, it was, uh, I don't know if no that neck. makes any sense. Yeah, no neck. Just jacked. And he had like the tightest shirt I've ever seen on. That guy's my unit slash frame of the week. He's the I, second most famous Georgia running back father. I know. No, he's not on the team anymore. Holyfield graduated. Oh, oh Denny. Well, yeah. I, I went to go look uh, up a picture of him, and I typed in DeAndre S. And the yeah. first his dad. Did you was <laughs> DeAndre Swift's dad? I'm looking at him right now. This man. Look at him. Those biceps belong in a museum. Yeah, he's huge. Absolutely massive and human being. The beard is solid. That's too. a great beard. Solid too. He he rocks the the big beard bald head look. Great look. That's uh, a that's a great look. Lovey Smith kind of has shout that out look Lovey on. Smith, former winner of this award. Exactly. So my SRZ Joey Ellis Powerhouse Memorial Frame of the Week is a classic Ohio State fan. The Ohio State fan with the cowboy hat. He's definitely the got a name. Beard. I don't know his name. The cape. He's awesome like i saw him on the sidelines on saturday and i just i had to take a picture he's a legend yeah also honorable mention to east carolina's lighting guy whoever that was because the lights cut out and the with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter it was uh bizarre to say the least the ohio state cowboy guy his name is earl bruce so shout out earl bruce there you go is it my turn yes it is so Larry Smith is a fairly new referee to the Big Ten in his second year in the what conference. What a generic name, Larry Smith. He worked the sounds like a robot. The MSU to me. OSU game Saturday night. He Ro- just absolutely ripped. Yeah, <laughs> standing next to him on the like T. I was watching the game. The TV did not does not do Larry Smith justice as to how big he is, and also his shoes were sick. Yeah, he had really? these Nike Air Max. Like I as, didn't even know. I didn't even seen these in stores before. As a ref, though, aren't you guys told to get like those like ugly sketchers? No, no, okay. no, no. You no, can no, wear no. Bla- just any you pure s- black. Now shoes. it's becoming more style. Oh. You want to? Refs are trying to get more stylish. Oh my god, I'm looking through the window, looking watching Nathan Stern Shout doing out Nathan reads. Stearns. Oh my god, I can only imagine how great that sounds. Wow. Shout out Nathan Stearns. Well done, Stearns. But he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> he's just looking at us like, what are you doing? But so, yeah, Larry Smith. Well, just a good performance overall for, for Larry. Okay. So. All right. My SRC, Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame oh, of the Week. I forgot to say that. Sorry. Uh, is a guy that I saw at the gym this morning. Or oh, this okay. afternoon. Um, 
it was Eric Box doppelganger. Actually. No way. And I thought it was actually you for a second, and then I it was wasn't. like, that, that definitely is not you. Uh, but the dude, dude was pretty pretty jacked. Was doing a lot of uh, tricep workouts. Got to respect that. Glad you think um, my doppelganger is Jack. Oh yeah, don't worry. He's I, a, he was he was a, a specimen. So he he this guy random guy at the gym at uh, at Planet Fitness in Oak Miss, Michigan today. What time? Um, I don't know, like two. Because I was at Planet three. Fitness in Oak Miss, Michigan today, but it was at like one. Oh no, it was after that. I used to see Aiden at the gym all the time at IME. That true. place, worst gym ever. But hey. New equipment it, it, this year. New, new equi- this right get now. out. Get out. The, the, this the year, uh, this the summer year, they replaced the equipment. The, the year I don't spend one hundred and sixty dollars on a year pass, but hey, we all grow yeah. up, I guess. But uh, looking to the games this week inside the Big Ten, like you said, Brandon Peters' revenge game as Michigan goes down to Champaign. Shout out, shout out to Alex McRae. He did the back half of the dot today, way better and way more organized than I ever have done it. <laughs> Rutgers travels to Bloomington to lose to Indiana. I like how you preface that because they are going to lose to Indiana. <laughs> Maryland takes trip to West Lafayette to pay homage to Neil Armstrong and the dead Purdue team. Okay. Is Neil Armstrong <laughs> dead? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. wait, okay. but real quick, real quick side tangent. This is uh, a, a big inside joke between my friends and I, but have you ever seen the video of Neil Armstrong? No, it was Buzz Aldrin. Punching a guy in the face. Yes, it's hilarious. This guy goes up to him. It's in 2002. Buzz Aldrin's like 70-some years old, and he's like a moon-landing truther. Yeah. And to Buzz Aldrin's face calls him a coward and a liar. Oh, boy. Yeah. And and a thief, actually. And Buzz Aldrin just socks him in the That's face. That's awesome. That's classic. I, love, you I lo- love it. You love to see that. Nets, Penn State, heads to the Thunderdome. I like Twilight Zone, but I like Thunderdome a little bit better, McRae. To Kinnick. At night, that place will literally be shaking. They're on top of you. This Penn State, this smells not good out, not a good outcome for Penn State. It feels like the here. the reason I put Twilight Zone is a little little play on Aiden's uh, Aiden Hunt's classic take of time doesn't exist at Kinnick in the, at, at nighttime. No, Just yeah. doesn't exist. It's like three, three night at Happy Valley. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And then my Minnesota Golden Gophers host Nebraska, which. I, I no, there's too much talk about Minnesota being a no. They're gonna lose one of these games. They're going to lose one of these games before they have to play Penn State. They're not losing to Nebraska. I know they might not lose in Nebraska, but I just saying, too much hype involved with this Minnesota team. I just really don't get it. They're not that good. But I love PJ Fleck. Keep wearing like maroon pants and like weird yellow like pullovers. But, I love it. Yeah. Thank God they got rid of the ore. I think they still have it. The ore's so stupid on the uniforms. Or whatever. And last game, Michigan State uh, going to Madison for the first time since 2012. I remember that game. Lawrence Thomas was playing fullback. Andrew Maxwell was the quarterback. Yeah. Benny Fowler winning OT to beat Amante Ball. Who was a the quarterback then? Joel Stave. Joel, no, Joel Stave. Yep. Joel Stave and Monte Ball led Wisconsin Badgers team. But this time, I mean, they got a better quarterback this time. Jack Cohn led by... Maybe the Heisman Trophy front runner, Jonathan. I mean, what's his mm-hmm. name? Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, sorry. I mean, he's only like the best player in the country. One. We're gonna get into it in this next segment here, but Jack Cohn has not thrown a touchdown against two Big Ten opponents yet this season. Well, hasn't, he didn't. Hasn't he, needed to. Yep. Meh. Okay. I, I Northwestern. <laughs> he, he probably needed to. But okay. let's let's get into the preview a little bit. They've only really struggled with one game. It was an ugly Northwestern team that played so bad against Michigan State they had to play better. And I Wisconsin was sloppy that game, so I it's tough to 
take a look at that. Jonathan Taylor, number three in Joel Klatt's Heisman rankings. Joel Klatt, friend of the program. Right, Alex? Big friend of the program. Love big, Joel Klatt. Yeah, big friend of the program. Offensive line ranks top 10 in run blocking and top 10 in zaps allowed. That's going to be a really good matchup with Michigan State's defensive line. Let's see if Michigan State's defensive line can respond how they played late in that Ohio State game. Number one total defense through five games. MSU has scored 10 points against the third third ring defense last Saturday, as Alex McCray put it out there. Yeah, the Ohio State defense is pretty good. Um, Wisconsin's defense statistically is better. Arguably the best defensive coordinator in the country and Jim Leonard, too. Jim Leonard was awesome in the pros. Awesome. But when he played on the Jets and he was like returning punts and a little small little white guy, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And then Jack Cohen, like you said, not throwing a TD against a Big Ten opponent. Like Bob said, he doesn't really need to, but that that is interesting. He kind of gets tested for the first time. Is Dandron's at the door? Oh, is he not coming in? Oh, he's not coming in. He might be coming oh, in. Here he is comes. He coming? There, is he? He's the most indecisive yeah. person I know. Uh, this there is bad. Is. Are you coming? There he is. Are you giving your pitch today? We just need to know. Um, he's gonna give him in the group chat. He's at a he's at a fly, I am football game, right? Or can you come on the show? I got like a half hour, so I gotta go. Okay, he okay. Joe Dandron's pitch will be in the little dot we make and put it out on Twitter the game the day of Saturday. Okay, thumbs up from Joe Dandron. Shout out. Going <laughs> to three on three basketball tonight. Yeah, come, one of the come, more underrated events come, that I am sports here, puts on. Comes in here to uh he didn't disrupt i got told him to come in yeah but he did he just came into the the studio didn't speak into a microphone and then just walked out joe is the king of <laughs> joe is the king of not speaking into <laughs> microphones. he just opens the door and yeah. says yells something it again good yeah. look for our sports director yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but this year unlike a lot of good wisconsin teams you always think about those running bats and those offense alignments i think people forget how good wisconsin's wide receivers were and how many like Guys that were really, really good college football players they were in their, like, heyday in 2011. Like, Jared Aberderis, absolute beast. Nick Toon, beast. I forgot Kendricks, their tight end. That guy was a beast. He was. He was a monster. He was really good. So, Quinn Cephas and Taylor are their only, like, two true weapons, but they're really good weapons, and they're arguably probably the best Wisconsin at the wide receiver positions had since Aberderis. It's, pre- it's pretty hard to argue that. But looking into the – I see this game as an opportunity for Michigan State because the way Miss Thompson plays, I'm not going to get into the cliche, they, they, they play right into Michigan State's defense's hands. I, I get that, but I just, the way Michigan State last week played last week, it just seems like they're due to just put one together. Yes. Uh, that, that, that's just my general feeling. Go for it, McCray. Well, D'Antonio said that Michigan State has yet to play a complete game all season. I would agree with that. And as much as I'd like to agree with it and say, yeah, they, this is this is a game for them to do it, I I have a feeling Wisconsin's going to be able to make some adjustments and maybe yeah. not run Jonathan Taylor 4,000 times. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I do think Michigan State's offensive game plan is the key to this because like you said wisconsin's a special defense i understand they haven't played the greatest offenses but the way jim leonard is like being talked about by a lot of like respected people in college football it, it, he's gonna get a head coaching job after this year Probably. if he wants one or maybe a defensive coordinator job in the pros if he wants one so it, it's a very special coaching staff paul chris has done a fantastic job at wisconsin really has fantastic Absolutely picked up right where Brett Bielema was. 
and understands how to get Wisconsin going. Big old linemen and good running backs. But looking at this game, what do you guys think is the keys for Michigan State to pull off the upset in Camp Randall? Well, I was looking at Michigan State's offensive line stats earlier uh, when I was also checking out Wisconsin's offensive line stats to see how much better Wisconsin's offensive line is than Michigan State's offensive line. Michigan State hasn't given up a crazy amount of sacks, which is really the only offensive line stat that they haven't finished in the bottom, like, 20 yeah. in, in college football. Their offensive line, I don't know if it can be fixed at this point. I, I mean, I— I didn't I, think they I were can, that bad, though, last weekend. I can come in here and say, well, run blocking, they I, weren't that great. I—, I... At the same time, they broke a couple. Like, there was some holes there. Like, there, a couple of years ago, there was nothing. Like, last year, there was nothing. So I think they're a little bit better than they were last year, which is not saying anything. I think that might have more to say about Elijah Collins than it does this offensive line. You could line. be right. You could be right. Because I just I don't really see anything changing on the offensive line. As much as I'd, I'd like to sit here and say, oh, well, their offensive line just needs to be better. Yeah. At this point, we're, what, seven weeks into the season? Yep. Is Can it get better? I like how they're incorporating more QB design runs. I do think that's helped it a little bit to get some run game from something in the offense, but I know, I, I totally agree with you, like what you're saying there. Bach, what do you think? Michigan State, in my mind, matches up so much better with Wisconsin than they do Ohio State because yeah. Wisconsin has one deep threat in Cephas. And Cole, yeah, that's true. That's and a good Cole, point. Jack Cohn is going to have to you know, throw the football over the top of the Spartan defense for them to not sell out on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I think if this defense sells out on Jonathan Taylor, they can hold him to 100 yards. Yeah. And I think that's a huge victory. Holding him to 100 yards in Camp Randall is 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 a victory. Um, I think that um, if Brian Lewerke can duplicate his performance from Saturday night with a, and the receivers can you know execute a little bit better, Lewerke can execute a little bit better in the biggest moments of the game, I think Michigan State has a great chance to win this game Saturday. I... I think in order for Michigan State to even have a chance of winning this game, you mentioned uh, earlier that Raekwon Williams was basically absent. He was pred- yeah, he was pedestrian. Again, against Ohio State. I think that the play of Raekwon Williams and Mike Panashuk is essential for Michigan State to have a chance at this game, plugging up that middle. And Joe Bocci can even pick up the, the holes in the middle um, you know, for linebacker. But I, if those two can't you know, do if, – if they both play like Mike Panashuk played last week, then Michigan State could run away with this game. I really believe that. And I agree with you there 100%, but I also have to look at the depth of Michigan State's defensive line. Uh, Mark D'Antonio can't be afraid to start rotating some more guys in there because we see what happens when they just are on the field so long they get gassed. Yep. You you have to be willing to throw some other guys out there and hope that they can replicate what these other guys are doing, or at least to a degree. You need to try to keep – uh, Raquan Williams and Panashuk fresh. You when have that, to. But when give, that, give Naquan Jones some snaps. Naquan Jones has been pretty good this year. Yeah, from he what had I've a couple seen. of impact plays on Saturday, or on Saturday. Yeah, they did that though. After the first drive, they threw in their second unit. And they showed out pretty well. I I completely agree with that. And that's a good point you made because trademark D'Antonio teams used to do that. They used to rotate offensive linemen in and in and out. But I just don't think he feels comfortable with any of these guys. Which is, I, I, it's like the point of the season, like maybe you take a shot on some of the younger guys, but I, he, I, I don't know. I really don't know. And I, I liked what you said for the last question. Can MSU catch a pass? Most 
drops into country. Lewerke not getting a lot of help, which he needs. Especially, like, he's in no help if his wide receivers aren't making any plays for him. Look at his offensive line. I mean, it's not even that he's just that he needs help. It's just he does. somebody needs to make a play. Yep. Like, it, it, when you think of help, you're like, oh, well, the other guys around him just are, he, he needs it because he's lacking. Yes. He's executing for the most part. I mean, he has a, he's had a couple of questionable throws here and there, but for the most part, he's executing. He's th- getting the ball to where it needs to go. Yep. Just nobody's hanging on to it. Yeah. Not, it just not the wide receivers for how highly touted they came in to the year. They've, I wouldn't say the, I mean, Daryl Seward is not disappointed. He's been like other, like, Otherworldly, whatever that's. I did not say that. Otherworldly, otherworldly. There yeah. There's one. I mean, I try and like say a cool phrase and act like a big J, and I completely mess it up almost every single time. Keep it simple, Colin. Yeah, but Cody White, I mean, hasn't been great. So that's something you need to look at. I do think the tight ends have been better though in recent weeks. I like how they play Trent Gillisley. They a lot more. almost have as much production this year combined as they did all of last year. Yeah, I saw Matt Seibert at Applebee's last night. Nice. I like that. Well, there you go. That's a I'd, good sign. He's class, been good too. I had a class with him last year. Good guy. Yeah, but looking into that, now it's time for the best segment we Here do. Here we go. The pitchs. Here we go. Let's see if I can get the music right this week. Ooh, Ooh. there it is. Here yeah. we go. Turn it up a little bit. We can even have it louder. Turn it up a little bit? A little louder. There you go. I like that. So, looking at the standings, uh, last week, it was a rough week last week, boys. I didn't do bad. No, so I'll start at the top. Collins finished 4-3 uh, and three last week. He's the big winner. Uh, but 4-3 and three is the big winner. That's uh, it's pretty weak. Uh, so, Collins with the 4-3 with the record. Uh, Joe, Eric, and I all went 3-4 and four last week. And then, McCray, you finished 2-5. and five. Um, so, McCray, you are still in last place, 14 and 25. Uh, Collins, you are at 18 and 21, but you're right behind uh, Joe, who's 19 and 20, and Eric, who's 16 and 17. And then I'm in uh, first place by myself, 24 and 15. I think we could have three guys break into the top, into 20 wins this week. Yeah. I will I say, think you can do it. I will say this. I was very hurt. That the graphic was tweeted out, and it said that I took UCF. The, because I was very stern about taking Cincy on Friday. So, here was the issue. I know what happened. It was when I plugged it in. I put Eric picking Cincy and you picking UCF. Okay. When it was the other way around, because the order of who picked got messed okay. up in my mind. Okay. That, it was on me. We fixed it. The standings are, are now correct. Makes okay. me think we need to check on his uh I, I've his said that for weeks, but I don't. Because he's... The, Continues to be the clubhouse leader, and he's the one that keeps track of the points. Yeah, I'm just went, saying. I also went three and four last week. Okay, I'm yeah. just got, saying. Got to lose I, sometimes. I, you, yeah. I, feel free. You all have access. It's on Google Drive. I know. We you just can, don't have, we don't have the do effort it. that Aiden does. So right. None of us looked at it. But first game we got is a game me, McCray, Hunt, and Bach, and Jody, and Luke yeah. Cone, right? Nope. nope. Sacone just can't the, make it. All Damn. just the, the strictly the SRC cast is okay. traveling to Madison. Looking forward to it greatly. Can't wait oh, for the man. third quarter for the jump around. Wisconsin Lane 11. As Michigan State comes to town for the first time since 2012. 3:30 kick on BTN. <laughs> we'll start off with Bach, who's hacking up a long over uh, there. You know, it's only on Wednesday nights. Yep. I'm telling you that it that I get bad. Uh, Michigan State outright. Oh. Ooh. Okay. 24-20 Spartans. That was a definitive answer. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. We'll go with Aiden Nuts. 
I gotta I gotta write that down right now. Wow. Um, I have been saying all year that Michigan State will win either at Wisconsin or at Michigan. Okay. Looking at these two teams right now, I am much more confident in Michigan State beating Michigan. So uh, yeah. I'm going to take the Spartans to cover, but I like the Badgers to win 17-13. I, th- I think this line's outrageous. I think Michigan State covers pretty easily. I just don't have the confidence to say that they're going to win. I like Wisconsin 21-17. to I think Michigan State might have an opportunity to go down the field on the last drive to maybe win this game and maybe fall short. But I, I, 11's way too big for this line. And historically, these teams play close games. Other than the last time they played at Spartan Stadium, which it would have been close if LJ Stott doesn't fumble that ball at the start of the second half. Yep. But I, I like Michigan State to cover here. You know, I've been pretty bad on the pick the last the last few weeks, I'm to be, be yeah. perfectly honest with you. But where I haven't been bad is picking Michigan State football games. There I've been go. right ever since the Arizona State game. And you know what? I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling Michigan State covers. And I got a feeling Michigan State wins this game. I got this game winning, Michigan State winning 31 23. Ooh, okay. 31 points in Madison. That's a lot of points. We got two teams against the number one defense in the country. We got. Go ahead. I should mention that Bear from Game Day, I'm not a big Bear fan, but he did tweet out today uh, that excluding the 3 9 season, the last 11 games following a double-digit loss for Michigan State, they are 10-1. and one. The one loss was last year's field goal loss to Nebraska. Okay. One of the worst games I've ever watched. Oh. We move on to the Red River Shootout, because that's what it should be called. It's not called that anymore. It's called the Showdown. Rivalry, for- I think. No, it's, it? Red, it's a Red River shoot. It Red used River to be- Rivalry. Yeah, but it's called the Red River Shootout. That's what it's called. Oof. That's what it's called. Sorry. I know people in Texas. Come on. That's what it's called. But Texas State Fair, I can smell the funnel cake. I can smell all the pageantry. The big, like, cowboy. Texas getting 10 and a half from Oklahoma. This game will kick at noon on Fox. Stupid. Absolutely love Texas. They've abs- It doesn't matter. This game's always close. Like, I know they say that about most rivalry games. I don't remember a, lo- a time where Texas is not blown out by Oklahoma. Like, maybe in the, like, Jordan Shipley era. But other than that, yeah. That was when Texas was the best. Not Jordan Shipley. His brother. When they had Colt McCoy's. Jackson Shipley. Yeah, it was like Jackson Shipley and, like, Colt McCoy's, like, worst brother. (laughs) Maybe then. But other than that, I I like Texas to cover 10.5. Jackson Shipley and Cal McCoy. Yeah. It was was something like (laughs) that. Case McCoy. Yeah, Case Case McCoy. Yeah. Correct. Uh, You know what? I feel like this is kind of Vegas is trying to get you to bet. Texas. Yeah. Ah, dang it, McCray. And ten and a half is a weird number. It's not a football number. I I I know I should pick Oklahoma, but I I gotta pick Texas. I just have to. You can take it, Bob. Boomer sooner for me. Okay. It makes me so mad that this isn't game day. I mean they're they weren't I, I love the game day game, but like, come on. They well, Fox is got like their whole like game day there. So why would, it would be right. kind of weird if both of them were there. Urban I, Urban's traveling this week. I hate Fox. Um, Whoa. Man, man, that's just so annoying. Wow, I, I, like, I like the Sooners. I like Jalen Hurts to to ball out again in the Cotton Bowl. Yep. In, in the, the Cotton Bowl. I love how they play in the Cotton Bowl every, every year. year. It's awesome. I, I like. I don't know where Georgia and Florida used to play. I don't they know. They play if in Jacksonville. No, no, but like 
The day, the day was the no. It uh, used to be the Iron Bowl. Used to be in Birmingham. That was the neutral site no, game. No, I, I know, but like it's like in Jacksonville's a like new stadium, so it loses some of that luster. But once you get into Cotton Bowl, it just feels like college football, and I absolutely love that. Nets game, another crazy stadium. Seven o'clock tip, tip, tip off. Yeah, I like that. I like that tip on CBS. Texas A&M getting 17 points at Kyle Field, and it's the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. I love Texas A&M here, boys. Love them. I'm going next. Alabama, roll tide. Okay. I'm going next. Alabama, roll tide. No, A&M's record against the spread at Kyle Field is atrocious. My point exactly. Jimbo gets up for these games. You saw it last year against Clemson. You're going to see it this year. Jimbo gets up for this game and then Nick Saban shoves him down Thank immediately. You. Yeah. Roll yeah. Tide. Give me the give me the, the Crimson Tide. I don't think they played it other than that Johnny Manziel senior year game in Kyle Field. I don't think they've played a close game since. So it's, it makes a lot of sense not to take them, but I like Texas a this week. Nets game. The battle for the old shillelagh. Is that what it's called? The jeweled shillelagh. Yeah. The, the jewel, is that what it's called? Jeweled shillelagh. It's, it's a sweet trophy. One of my favorite favorites in college football. 7 o'clock kick on NBC. Notre Dame laying 10 and a half against rival USC. USC gets Kelvin, like, Stolvis, whatever, their second-string quarterback back this week, too. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hate this game. You hate it? I hate it. I, like... <laughs> I, do I, too. I, I, I don't, like I don't trust bit. USC and I don't trust Notre Dame. Who who to who to pick? Flip a coin. Uh, give me USC. Oh, okay. McCray, this is why you're in last place. What 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 do you got, Bob? You can't just say that and not give your pick. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. No, okay. the Irish. I picked my wild card last week was Bowling Green to cover 45 and a half at Notre Dame Stadium, and that didn't happen. Not close. I I think Notre Dame is really good. I, yeah, very They're good. really good. Their defense is really good, and Ian Book is improving all the time. They were within two plays of beating Georgia at night at Sanford Stadium. Notre, give me. I remember that Notre Dame Texas game at Notre Dame Stadium a few years ago that just turned into a blowout. Malik Zaire yeah. threw for like a thousand yards. Yep. This game has the potential for me to turn into something like that. USC is not good in my opinion. Give me the Irish by a lot more than ten and a half. Okay. Yeah, I like Notre Dame big. I have been to a Notre Dame-USC game in South Bend. It is a hostile environment. These two teams do not like each other at all, which makes no sense. because it, do, it doesn't make any sense. This rivalry is so random, but I love it. Uh, I like Ian Book and the Fighting Irish big. I like USC to cover 10.5. I think it's too big of a number. I also i am going with a lot of underdogs right now, which is making my heart pound because that's yeah. usually not a good sign. But I will say this. I think people are too low on Ian Book. I think he has the potential to be able to play on Sundays. Alex McCray is shaking his head right now. See, the, I'm going to gain I, so much in the standings this week. I'm so happy. This you don't is like, great. You don't like Ian Book. No, I'm 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 not a bookie. Okay, nice, good one. Did you give your pitch, or did I forget? It was USC. Okay. We move on to the next game at Kinnick at night, 7:30 ABC kickoff. Iowa plus three and a half. Versus Penn State at Kinnick at night. Give me Penn State. I just talked myself out of it because I took too many underdogs earlier. So I'm gonna take Penn State here. You know what? I I wanted to take Iowa. Oh, you're just gonna chicken out. But I 
I can't trust Nate Stanley to do anything. Yeah, they looked horrible last so week. So I, I got to go Penn State. Penn State for me. Okay. Ooh, I'm so. I didn't even. You have to take Iowa. After was, watching Iowa on Saturday, there's no question in my mind. Penn State. I was so scared that Bach and I were gonna have the exact same picks because so far we were the same. And then I'm glad that you went with oh, Penn you're State. Going Iowa? Right. Oh my goodness, three and a half point home dogs. Barkinick. Barkinick. Good. I get to gain a game oh, on home. This will be great. The dogs aren't even barking. They are way past that. Give me Iowa outright. Oh boy. That's a bad thing. I think Nate Stanley revenge game. I think Penn State exposure game. Um, it doesn't matter. I don't have to say anything other, other than Iowa. Right. You're just laughing because Iowa's you know it's so absurd. Iowa's offense is good, is awful. Yeah. Iowa, best one they had last year was at Penn State. Yeah. But uh, move on to the next game. Game day is in Death Valley, the real Death Valley in yeah. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. LSU lane 13 against Florida, 8 o'clock kick on ESPN. I love Coach O and the Tigers in this spot. I think they might win by four TDs. I watched that whole Florida game. They're going to have a tough time keeping up with this LSU offense, the way Joe Burrow's, like, orchestrating it. I like LSU bid. I did 13's too low almost. What'd you have, Hunt? You were about to say something. So, go Tigers. The three places that time does not exist, Alex McCray. Are Kinnick at night, Ryan Field at noon, That's right. and Death Valley at night. Give me LSU huge. I don't I don't like Florida to even come close to covering this game. Yeah, I hate Florida this game. Is it me? Go ahead. LSU. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. Florida not very good, I don't think. I didn't. LSU going to cover by more than 13. <laughs> That's not a good coach, Al. You know what? <laughs> I... I I wanted to. I wanted to pick LSU. Then pick who you want to pick. Don't be and, like. And you know, <laughs> I, he's worried I'm going to shame him. He worried I'm going to shame him so long. Yeah. Into picking Florida. I've just. I've picked against LSU too much this season. I got to go with LSU. Okay. We moved to our wild card pits, which I'm horrible at. I think I picked the worst. I picked Minnesota last week. Dead, I picked Illinois to cover yeah, against yeah, Minnesota. You did. Not great. Not even close we, to covering. We went one and four on the wild card last week. We yeah. our overall wild card record is horrible. Yeah, not good. <laughs> For my wild card this week, I looked at a game that used to be marked on the calendar before the season every single year in the ACC. Clemson hosting Florida State. Clemson is twenty six point and a half point favorites. Excuse me, I said that horrible. I love Clemson big here. Willie Taggart can't coach. Sorry. Harlan Barnett having a tough time down there, too. I, I love Clemson. They've kind of like had a week. They got a bye week last week. They were off last week. Had to listen to people tell them they weren't that good. They weren't as good as Ohio State, Alabama. I love I love Clemson this week. I think they went big. 26 and a half? Bit, wait, like bigger than that. Florida State's not good at all. Is that the line you're taking, the 26 and a half? Yes. Got it. Who's next? I'll go. Okay. Uh, so a sleeper team in the ACC. You know we've talked about you're, how you're gonna pick it. How crappy the ACC is. Sorry, McCray. Yeah. This is why I always try to go early in the in the wild card round. You guys didn't pick the same game. It I, makes I, me so I, mad. Just I, pick the same I, game. I, I will is, today. I will. Okay. Is the Wake Forest Demon Deacons? They're good. Ooh. Oh, it's not the game you're gonna pick. Dave Baldwin, great okay, coach. Okay, good. I'm glad we're deferring then. Uh. They they have a night game this week 
against the Louisville Cardinals on the ACC Network at 7.30 at BB&T Field Recognizable. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I think Wake Forest is sneaky okay. They're not going to challenge Clemson, but uh, I like they're uh, favored by 6.5 at home. I like the Demon Deacons to easily cover 6.5 against the Cardinals on Saturday night in Winston-Salem. Wade Forest, very well coached. Yes. So I got a Friday night game, two ACC opponents. I am really, really surprised at this spread. Tickets for this game are going for $9. There's oh. barely going to be a home field advantage. It's uh, Miami hosting Virginia. Miami getting two points. I mean, uh, no, Miami is favored by two. That can't be right. That's what I it saw. It is. It is. That's what I'm seeing as well. Yeah. What? Give me Virginia. That's the easiest pick in my life. If yeah. I get this one wrong, I, I I'm cursed. That that is wild. But at the same time, that's one of those like does Vegas know something? That's a Vegas knows game. So I'm just saying, watch out. That I, makes I that makes zero sense. You're completely I, correct. I understand, but I just gotta go with the Cavaliers. Okay. So this game was actually flipped earlier. Uh, but now it has flipped to it makes sense. Uh, the fighting Herm Edwards Love in Arizona them. State take on Wazoo, and they are one-point favorites. They're one-point dogs around 2 o'clock this afternoon, uh, and I love the Red the red, red Devils? Sun Devils. Sun Devils. Gosh, what is Sun Devils. The Red Devils. That would be a great name. That was that was my uh, my rival high school's mascot. Wow. Hinsdale Central Red Devils. Uh, but I like the Sun Devils to uh, cover this minus one point against Wazoo. I, the, the, I could see the that. The Fighting Herms have been a common team on the pick on the wild card pickums this year. Yeah, I, I, he, they cover a lot. They've been like they've been good this year. I, um, I mean, they've been better than Michigan State. I gotta so. be, I gotta be honest with you, Buck. I've got it in front of me, and nobody has picked Arizona State on the on the wild card. Really? I definitely no. have. I guess the fact that Michigan State has played them, I just I they feel like we've the talked about yeah. we've talked about we, the. Uh, Arizona State Sun Devils quite a bit on the uh, on the show this year. Yeah, good show though today, guys. No, it was uh, good. I, I added it up. We are eight and eighteen in the wild card. Not great. Mm. Oof. We got to figure that out. But this weekend, very excited to go to Madison, Wisconsin for the first time. I don't know if any of you guys have been there before. Have I've you? been through have it, not. not to it. I'm very excited. I've heard it's one of the nicer Big Ten campuses. It's like on a lake or something. Jacked up for it. Jacked up. I yeah, mean, we're at, spending two nights. We're yeah. going Friday, staying Friday night and Saturday nice. night. I, what's it called? Alex McCray, Eric Bach on the call. Are you guys pumped? Oh, yeah. Very excited. Did we? So we got a booth this week. We have a booth. Not a big deal. We have a booth at U of M as well, which wow. is a huge shout win. Out, shout out to Michigan. But very pumped for that. Thank you for listening to another episode of uh, Spartan Red Zone. Ryan Collins alongside Alex McCray, Eric Bach, and Aiden Hunt. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.